0: Muslim Chat presents Heroes of Islam, a 30-part series on the lives of some of the greatest Muslims to walk this earth. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa-salatu wa-salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya wal-mursaneen. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amma ba'd. So today we will be speaking about... A character from the history of Islam who became the emblem of shrewdness and sharpness among the Muslimin. Ibn Abi Hatim narrated with his isnad back to Ibn Shawzib who said that every one hundred years a man with complete intellect is born. Then Ibn Abi Hatim added to that that Yas Ibn Muawiyah is from them. So his full name is Iyas ibn Muawiyah bin Qurra bin Iyas bin Hilal bin Rubab. His kunya is Abu Wathila, and he was born in the year 46 after Hijrah in Yamama. His grandfather is a Sahabi, and his father Muawiyah bin Qurra is from the Kibar of the Tabi'in, meaning the ones who met a lot of the Sahaba. He was he was generally not mentioned in a hadith or tafaseer much because his words are not that much collected what he was known was more for his firasa which we will get to later his mother was a slave woman and his father was from one of the great narrators of hadith so if you open up any of the Qutb sitta like Bukhari, Muslim, or Al-Nasai, or any of them, you will see that many a times it says Muawiyah ibn Qura narrated from his father that the Prophet said this or did this. (coughs) From a young age he had this very um, sharp mind that even he himself later on says, I was amazed by my own self for that. Once he was sitting in his classroom and uh, a Nasrani, meaning like a Christian teacher, was there and said to the people, uh, how foolish are these Muslims? They say that the people of Jannah will eat food and not ever excrete anything. So then he goes up to him and says, "Is is it not true that some of the food that we eat in this dunya does not become excretion but becomes energy for our bodies he says certainly that is the case so he asks, why is that Allah cannot make it that all of the food of the people of Jannah is energy for their bodies so the teacher seeing that he's such a young boy was astonished with his answer and says you are nothing but a shaitan another time uh, his uh, boldness was such that he used to not even care who was in front of him when he used to speak. So one time, uh, when he was given the position to judge between people, and he was sitting in the presence of a sheikh, so Abu Abu Rahimahullah, he narrates that Iyaz used to judge between the people while he was still boy with the sheikh. So at that time, the Khalifa was Abdul Malik bin Marwan, and his head Qadi, his head judge, came over to see this, and he looks at Iyaz, and he looks at the sheikh, and he says. Your words are nothing in the presence of this sheikh. So Yaz he hears that and he gives him a really nice answer. He says, if he is kabir, meaning great in age, then the haq is akbar. So the Qadi then goes in you know, a back and forth with him, like, you know, you can't say that. Why are you saying that you're young? Then basically Yaz yes, keeps on saying, Why can I not say that? I speak with proof. I have every right to speak if it's correct. So he was fearless from the get-go and that later on you'll see how his fearlessness made him even more respected in the eyes of people. One day he was uh, going about his way and someone came up to me and is like, yeah, he asked is Nabi like uh, wine, intoxicating wine, is it haram? He says yes. So he says but why is that the case when When uh, water is halal, grape is halal, and sugar is halal. So when you put them together, why does it become haram? So Iyaz is like, if I threw the sand at your face, would it hurt you? He's like, no. It's like, if I sprinkled some water on your face, would it hurt you? He's like, no. like, okay, if I throw some straw at your face, would it hurt you? So the man says, no. Then Yas finally says, what if I take the sand, put some water on it, mix it with some straw? put it in the sun for a while, and then I throw it at your face, it would hurt you? And the man says, no, it will kill me. So he says that's exactly what wine does. You leave it to ferment for a while and it becomes something that will kill you. <laughs> Abu Ayyum, rahimahullah, said, I have not seen a judge like Yas bin Muawiyah. So early on, he was just, you know, judging about people, like, just showing his sharpness. But later on, Umar Abdul ibn Abdulaziz became aware of this. So he sends Adi ibn Arta and he says, go get Yas ibn Muawiyah and get Al-Qasim ibn Rabia al-Jawshani and get the people together and basically have them discuss. And when he says people, he means like ulama, he says, get them together and have them discuss between them to see who is fit for the leadership uh, to be the head of in the land. And this was in, he was about to be delegated to Musra, whoever of the two was chosen. So as soon as everyone gathered, Aasim straight up says, Iyas is better than me in judgeship, and he is more upright than me, so just give it to him. So at that point, Adi is like, okay, I will just give him the judgeship right now. And right away, he was given the judgeship, so all of the ulama there, they became so happy. They physically, to express joy, they would throw stones up in the air or something just to, out of joy, like, not at people, but like just to show some kind of joy. When this news reached Hassan al-Basri, he also came over and Iyaz was sitting there and just thinking to himself. And then as soon as he saw Hassan al-Basri, he remembered a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that says that the judges are three. Then he began to cry. So then Hassan al-Basri is like, why are you crying? So he says, oh Abu Sa'id, Abu Sa'id is the kunya of Hassan al-Basri. He said. Abu Sa'id. It has been conveyed to me in a hadith that there are three types of judges. The first, he makes ijtihad, so he tries to come up with the ruling, and he errs; he makes a mistake. So when he does, when this person does that, because he was not good enough to judge, he made that mistake. Now he will enter the fire of Jahannam. And then the second type is the one who judges with his desires, and this person is also in the fire of Jahannam. The third one is the one who makes ijtia, then is correct, and he will be in Jannah. So Hassan al-Basri, trying to counsel him, he says to him, in the story of Dawood and Suleyman, then he recited Ayah 78 and 79 from Suratul anbiya and later on he says, look at this, Allah did not censor Dawood, but he praised Suleyman, meaning that just because you were Going to make a mistake doesn't mean that in every case you're going to jahannam just for that mistake. And then he later, he said this, Allah has taken three mandatory duties from the ulama. If they were to uphold this, they'll be good. The first one is, do not sell this knowledge for a cheap price. Then do not follow your desires in it. So judge correctly, don't just judge whoever you like, whenever you like. And say, Do not fear anyone in this regard. And he has had all of these qualities, yet, due to his humility, he would never try to overpass and supersede himself in this. So then Hassan al Basri recited, وَكَيْفَ Until the end of the next ayah, or till the middle of the next ayah, where it says, فَلَا النَّاسَ وَخْشَوْنِي وَلَا بِآيَاتٍ or بِآيَاتٍ قَلِيلًا Despite his knowledge and everything, he was not arrogant. Whenever he would become stuck in a matter, he would go to Muhammad bin sirin and ask him and discuss with him Now, here is where the complexity of Iyas' knowledge comes in. One time a person comes up to Yas and says, Teach me judgeship, meaning teach me how to be a qadi, a judge. Yas says, Judgeship cannot be taught though, but it is understood. Rather, you should say, Teach me knowledge. And he got this from the ayah, from the same ayah that Hassan al-Basri recited to him before, which was, from seventy-eight and seventy-nine of Surah Anbiya, وَسُلَيْمَانِ إِذْ يَحْكُمَانِ فِيهِ الْقَوْمِ لِحُكْمِهِمْ شَاهِدِينَ سُلَيْمَانَ حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا. So the point here is فَفَهَمْنَا Fa سُلَيْمَانَ. was given specific uh, quality to judge, but his thing was that it was knowledge; it was judgeship. And it was an understanding of judgeship because you can't teach people how to judge between people. You have to to teach people the rules or the principles. And when a situation comes to judge between people, it becomes a matter of understanding. And that is where he has really understood this matter. And that is why he was loved by all the ulama for his uh, (laughs) judgments and whatnot. Despite everything, though, he has had a very strong personality. So if he thought he was right, he would not like hold back. So one time, he had a slave girl, and his dad took his slave girl from him. So his dad and him go to Hassan al-Basri. They're like, uh, he took my slave girl. So Hassan al-Basri is like, Yas... Whatever belongs to you is also your dad's. So then he has a little bit of frustration. He says, yeah, Abu Saeed, I'm old and senile. So he's basically saying to him, like, you don't really know how to judge anymore. You're old and tired. I'm not going to accept this judgment. Another time, he has rejected the testimony of a man. So this man goes to Hassan al-Basin and says, yeah, Abu Saeed, Yas has rejected my testimony. Hassan gets up with the man and goes to Yas and says, What has caused you to reject, the, reject this man's testimony? Has it not reached you that the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever accepts our qibla and eats our slaughtered meat is a Muslim. For him is the protection of Allah and his Rasul ﷺ. Yas said, O Sheikh, indeed Allah has said in Surah Al-Baqarah, so, on this ayah, it's talking about like writing down wills, but when it mentions shuhada, it says that from those whom you are pleased with as shuhada. So, he says to him, I'm not pleased with this man's testimony and I don't trust him. So, he basically countered the hadith with an ayah of the Quran saying that I'm judging this man to not be trustworthy in this regard. And now here is the little interesting part of yes that you will not find in almost anyone in our time, let alone in all of history. Allah says in the Quran, fi Mujahid said about this word, they are mutafarisi, meaning the people of Firasa. So Firasa is basically. When a person can look at someone and read him inside out So he says, I know you're an evil person, you do this You're kind of like this And there is a weak hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Except the means sahih because it, does, it did occur with a lot of the sahaba as well That beware of the sight of a believer for indeed he sees with the nurullah This is not from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam But mm-hmm. this has happened that one time a man entered upon Uthman ibn Affan عنه, and he looked at a non-mahram woman in the place. The Uthman says, does any one of you enter upon someone and there is zina in his eyes? So the man says, does wahi, does revelation still come down after the Prophet وسلم, has passed away? Uthman says, no, but his statement was true. I mean, the, that firasah is said, it's true that you can read people in Saraw, and even Umar ibn al-Khattab had this trait, and Ibn al-Qayyim called Umar Umar ibn al-Khattab, the Sheikh of the the Muttafarrisin. So now, it gets a bit interesting that, uh, yes, it wasn't just that he was normal for his firasah. It was so amazing that Ibn Rahim, Ibn al-Marzuq al masri says, we used to write down the firasah of Iyaz as we used to write down on Ibn Hadith. We, could, we, could, we would record everything he says because it was just amazing at how he would observe people. Now he could read into people's minds and ways. Sahal bin Muslim narrated that Iyaz said, if I were to sit at the gate of Wasip, I could tell you the actions and the profession of everyone that passes by just by looking at them. And this is and this actually happened one time he saw a man. He was walking across and he had some sugar with him. He was holding it in a certain way. So Yas looks to the to the man beside him, sitting beside him, he says, This man has just had a sunborn. So the man who's sitting beside Yas gets up and follows the man with the sugar until he finds him. So he's like is it true that you have had a son born? He says, yes. So the man who had a son comes back to Yas and says, how did you know? And he says, I saw the way you were holding the sugar and it just like, clicked in me that you have a son that is born today. <clears throat> Once he passed by a house and he heard the voice of a woman and he said, she has a baby boy in her stomach. She's carrying a boy. After a while, it was revealed that she gave birth to a baby boy. So they asked him, how did you know? said, I could sense some kind of roughness in her voice. Another time, Allah mind narrates that one day Yas was sitting in the masjid, and a man comes in, and he starts to pray. So Ayah says, this man is from the people of Hayab. Hayab was like a place in that time. And uh, the people say, Another time, Eshaq bin the al-Adawi walked up to uh, Yas and he was like, uh, inform me of two men. So he yes, says, Uskut, be quiet. I already know who you're going to ask about. And he says, who? Then he says, you're going to ask about two righteous, virtuous, upright men who, have, who are in, increasingly great in taqwa and in virtue and or piety. After all of these good qualities, he says, you're going to ask about al-Hassan al-Basri and Ibn al says, yes. Then he asks, one day he asks, went on hajj with Ghailan and al-Qadari, neither of them spoke with each other. But after a few days, they decided to get to know each other and Gailan, he was a Qadri, he had deviant beliefs in Qadr, so he wanted to poke at Yas and try to make him think in a deviant way, trying to get him doubt of the Qadr in him. So he said to Yas, when it is said to the people of Jannah, or the people of Jannah would say when they enter, Alhamdulillah, <laughs> alladhi hadana li. So they will basically praise Allah for entering Jannah. Then the people of Jahannam will say, So these people are saying our evil overtook us. So they're blaming Qadr that the Qadr overtook us. And we just were unable to do anything. So then uh, he says that the angel said, that سبحانك that we don't know anything except what you have taught us of Allah so then he proceeded to recite some poetry about Qadr and how it's manifested and whatnot so yes at this point he gets the gesture of and he's like okay you are trying to make me doubt Qadr and get, take me to your side Next time they meet, it was in front of Omar ibn Abdul Aziz. So, Yas has a debate with him, and he wins in the debate. And Omar says to Zainan, Repent. And if it's found out to be that you are lying, you'll be punished later on. And yeah, later on, Zainan continued his heresy and deviant ideas until he was killed and crucified. Yas once was debating the Qadariya and he said to them, What is oppression? They said that a man takes what is not his. So he says to them, What do you say of Allah then? Of whom everything belongs? So if everything is in Allah's hand, why do you guys try to like put blame on Allah's Qadr and why do you not just accept that it is what He wills? The other thing about Iyas was he would never give a straightforward answer, like just say, this is haram, this is halal. He would give an answer that would really shut the person up, and make them really think. <clears throat> so one day, Sufyan al Husayn al Wasit, he says, spoke ill of a person in the Prince of Iyas. He looks straight in my face and says, Did you wage war against the Romans? I replied, No. Yes, did you wage war against the Sindh and in India and the Turks? I replied, "No." So he said, "How is it then that the Romans, the Sindhis, the Indians, the Turks are safe from your evil, whilst your own Muslim brother is not safe from your tongue?" So Sufyan says, "After that day, I never ever backbit again and spoke Ill of a person again behind their back." Later on in his life, a governor was put in place was a very harsh tyrant. His name was Yusuf bin Omar al-Thaqafi. And this man was just a complete alim, jabbar, like outright tyrant and oppressor, that he wouldn't care anything. So every tyrant needs someone to support him. And since he had this office of Hizbah, which is like police in that time, he wanted, he has to become the head of the police. Basically, what he was going to do is use the Hizbah for his evil tactics and to make himself rich again. So Yusuf said to Iyaz, become the head of Hizbah. Iyaz said, no, I refuse. So Yusuf got mad at him and said, and this is like when Iyaz is old, so what's about to happen is going to (laughs) shock someone. But Iyaz said, no, I won't do it. So Yusuf said, come here. And come into my like courtroom. He has goes there, you saw whips him 56 times. <clears throat> despite the, and then after that, he imprisoned him as well. But despite this, he never ever took it because he knew that in the end, if you judge wrongfully or if you're a judge for a tyrant ruler, you'll have to answer to Allah on Al qiyamah and this is one of the things we should always think about that before doing any action to please people think about it, would there be any benefit for us on the day of judgment if not then we should not try to please people when we are ruining our own akhira and earning the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Once some people came to Yaz and said, we do not find any kind of bad quality in you, except that you speak a lot. So Yaz said to them, do I speak good or do I speak errors? Batul? So they said, you speak what is correct. And he says, speaking what is correct, even if it's a lot, is good. And even Yaz knew this beforehand. Ta'ud ibn Abihen says that Yaz said, how foolish is a person who does not know his own fault. So then Daoud said that, what is your fault? says, I speak a lot. So he knew that was his fault, but he had like a duty, or he thought he had this duty to always speak good and right and speak the truth wherever he may be. When he got into his old age, he became like, he had a very white beard and a very, White hair and he never dyed them. This is narrated from Hoshem who says, I saw Yas in old age and he had a white head and beard. He did not dye them. He died in the year 122 after Hijra. So he left for 76 years. And what a noble 76 years was it that he did not ever in those 76 years compromise on Deen. It was very straight up, straightforward. Many times he would sometimes make have opinions that would go against the majority of the ulama in his time, but due to his vast knowledge and certainty upon what he was preaching, he would just go with it and stay upon it. Throughout his life, his daily earnings was only one hundred dirhams, and interestingly, he had a very like again a very sharp mind. So one day. Um, F1. Uh, one day a young boy he came to Yas and he says yeah Sheikh why don't you buy an animal don't you see people that have donkeys and cattles so he says why should I buy money that will eat money and why should I buy an animal that later on I just have to keep spending on it to maintain it forever and ever For for as long as I live. Although he was not very rich, he used to always try and help people. People used to come to him. He used to be like, yeah, okay, I'll try to help you. One day, a teacher came to him, and he had like a strange look in his face. So he just looked at him and said to the the people around him, he says, he has a student that is blind and he ran away from the class. And when they asked the teacher why he was there, he's like, yeah, this is what I'm here for. My student who's blind has run away from the class. So again, he has had this amazing ferasa that you could just read the person inside out. Uh, although he's not very much mentioned in the books of history and whatnot, he is like scattered throughout. He's mentioned in the books of like, and ship and his opinions are mentioned in matters relating to judiciary and whatnot. From those who praised him were Ibn Ma'in, Ibn Sa'ud, and Nasa'i, al ajali And al ajli said about him, he was an upright faqih, a righteous man. He could just read people from inside out. He had taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and everything he did. Uh, may Allah have mercy on the likes of Iyaz and increase his likes in this Ummah. Ameen. So shortly, let's just review a few of what we went through. So we see from Iyaz from a young age, when it comes to speaking the truth, he was not scared. When he came to giving a sharp answer and look at his thing, he was certain that Islam was the truth no doubt was going to come into his mind and make him leave the deen. In our times, small doubt comes and we try to jump around the corners and we just focus on the doubt and now look at external factors. When Yas was hit with the doubt from his teacher at a young age, he didn't just say, oh, you know, that's weird. Jannah looks like a very far-fetched thing. Maybe it's not real. He didn't say that. He said to him, okay. He made a little comparison. He said, in dunya we eat like this. But in Jannah, everything is perfect. So why is it not that? Just take out all of the negative contents of this dunya and you have a Jannah. He basically just made a bit of a yes here and there and came to a conclusion. And that's most of the doubts that are raised against the Muslim today are like that. You have many of the doubts that why is slavery this way? And why is, you know, women like this? And why are the laws of inheritance like this? And if you just were to look at it in a wholesome factor and not just focus on that one tiny point, you could see that it makes sense when you compare it to all the other points. Uh. Also, he never compromised on deen. When it came to being with the righteous, he stayed with the righteous. He always had the company of the shuyuk, the ulama, and the tulab. He did not have the company of Foolish people didn't even have the company of people who joke around and waste time a lot. Would be like very meticulous. That such that once Abdul Malik Ibn Marwan came and found him amongst some ulama, so then Abdul Malik says, "What is the case with you, ulama? Couldn't you get like a better sheikh or someone? Why is he sitting amongst you, like this young kid who that looks like he just?" Came out of school, so they said. But he is wise, so Abdul Malik turns to him and says, "What is your age?" Yes, yeah, he, he asked. Wanted to answer the wanted to answer his both of his questions in one go. So he asked, said to him, "My age is the age of Usama ibn Zayd on the day the Prophet sallallahu made him the Amir of an army, among which were Abu Bakr and Umar. So he was saying, I'm 18, but he didn't say I'm 18. He's saying, like, if you want me to give you the answer, I will give you an answer in such a way that you can actually see that I'm fit for this position. Okay, lad, you're good. He just walked away laughing. Uh, It does come from some of the salaf that said that if a person were to leave off forbidding evil and enjoining good out of the fear of people, Allah will take respect out of his heart. Yet, yes, we see he was outright bold and outright courageous, would say whatever was correct in whoever it was, whether you're 80 years old or you're 5 years old, whether he else was 10 or whether he was 40, he would say what is correct and do what is correct and never compromise. This is something we should always keep in mind. Of course, there's hikmah and as he said to the person before that judging between people has to do with hikmah so it's not always to say the blunt truth in every instance but once you've judged a person to be such a way and given the answer in the way he deserves don't compromise on the deen ever. <clears throat> uh, and with that we will end. Allahumma <laughs> aj'alna min al-salihin Allahumma min al min al fi اللهم اجعلنا من المجاهدين في سبيلك This was produced by the Muslim Chat Discord server the best online forum run on the principles of the Quran and Sunnah Find out more and join now at www.muslimchat